Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. You can listen and subscribe to the show for free on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. For network or show information, visit FightRadio.me. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, I have a pair of guests, um, Nisha and Norma Burton, um, a mother-daughter combination, who created a wonderful oracle guide or deck uh, called Lucid Dreaming, Lucid Living, Your Oracle and Guide to Mastering the Dreamscape. The Lucid Dreaming, Lucid Living package allows you to fully explore fantastic sensory and emotional experiences through a combination of engaging text and strong, visually compelling illustrations. Dreamers will learn how to navigate through various states of consciousness with lucidity. The Lucid Dreaming, Lucid Living package um, allows you to fully explore Excuse me. Um, I had that down twice. Dreamers will learn to. Um, when, boy, really must not. Dreamers will learn how to navigate through various states of consciousness, the lucidity, which is what I seem to be lacking at the very moment. But uh, Norma J. Burton is a master of transpersonal psychology and a scholar of world religions specializing in Buddhist psychology, Jungian dream work, and trauma healing. With both nine years of advanced academic degrees and more than 30 years of apprenticeship with indigenous elders, Norma brings a rare level of expertise in guiding the exploration of the subconscious dream time and integrating its gifts into becoming impeccable in daily life. Nisha Burton's passion is an intersection of the spiritual and business world. She is a branding and marketing expert, a visual reality and AI technologist, and an award-winning filmmaker and a prolific lucid dreamer. For more information, you can visit the website luciddreaminglucidliving.com. And with that, I'd like to welcome Norma and Nisha to the show. Good day. Ladies? Hi, Robert. We're so glad to be with you today. Yeah. Thank you. You're very welcome. I'm really looking forward to discussing your your creation. Um, it is, um, I, I must say, first of all, that it's uh, a beautifully packaged, um, package, you know, of, of book and card. I mean, uh, Red Wheel, I believe, was the one who was the publisher, just did, an amazing job. I mean, it's... Yeah, it, it, we're so thankful to Red Realizer. They did a great job on it. They did. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and the images, too. I want to talk about that later, but it's wonderful. So but what I first like to start with is I think, you know, for the listeners who maybe aren't, you know, quite aware of what lucid dreaming is, um, and then, of course, lucid living. Um, would would one of you like to explain 
you know, what, what each each is specifically. Okay. Thank you, Dad. Um, it's a combination, right, is the situation. And a lot of times people may wonder if they've had a lucid dream before. It's, you know, sometimes to be in a dream and kind of have an inkling or especially might be dreaming. And then you wake up and you're like, oh, I, I kind of knew I was dreaming. And while that's a great thing, it's not full lucidity in a lucid dream because when you become school lucid, you experience what it is is that you're becoming completely conscious and aware that you're dreaming in the dream, without a doubt. <laughs> I hate to interrupt you, but your your connection's breaking up a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Why don't you go ahead and take it, and I'll try to fix my connection. <laughs> Great. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so Nisha was talking about what is lucid dreaming, and she was saying that we have regular dreams, of course, but then a lucid dream is when you fully wake up within the dream time. So, our training book and deck teaches a person how to do that. There are steps that you can take during your waking life that will enhance your prospects of having a lucid dream. So that's the difference between regular dreaming and lucid dreaming. In the lucid state, you're fully awake and you know that you're awake and yet you're remaining sleeping. So Nisha yeah. will talk more about that yeah. to us. Yeah, I was going to say. And, and now, and then I want to talk to Nisha about, you know, since she was, she, a lot of the examples in the book are from her lucid dreaming experience. Um, Norma, what, how would you explain lucid living then? I mean, we're obviously awake. <laughs> you know, there's that, right, that living right. So we were excited to create this Oracle deck and book to help people realize that, yes, we value our dream time and it's wonderful to be in the lucid state of dreaming, but then it has to also be applied in our daily life, in the living of our life in a more balanced and healthy way. So lucid living is the uh, living out of insights and instructions and healing that you achieve in the dream time in your daily life. In the Oracle Death, we divide it up. The readings are for each card are divided up between the lucid dreaming teaching and the lucid living application to your life. So, for example, if you want to draw a card, you can just look at the lucid living part of it and get answers for uh, things that you're looking for in your life. Or you can read both the lucid dreaming teaching and then the application to your life. So... You know how it is the dreams really do heal us and inform our daily life. So, for example, me working with depth psychology and Jungian dream work, um, the dreams help us to deal with our shadow issues or our wounded places and come into contact with symbolism and imagery that will actually bring healing to those wounded places. So then in our daily lives, we're not as afraid, we're not projecting our shadows out there as much, we're living in a more healthy and uh, impeccable way in our daily lives.
Okay, great. Now, Nisha, um, as I mentioned, you know, in the book, there are many first-person references to lucid dreams. So can you tell the listeners a bit about, you know, how you began or how you entered this uh, world of lucid dreaming? Absolutely. And I just want to check, is my connection better now? Much better. Yes. Okay, great. Wonderful. Um, So, yes. Lucid dreaming and the dream time in general, being raised by my mom, coming from a lineage of dreamers, has always been very valued in my life, which I think is a huge gift. So from the time I was a child, you know, I was encouraged in the dream time and working with dreams. So I always had very vivid dreams to start with. But then in my early 20s, I really became fascinated with the practice of lucid dreaming and becoming lucid in the dream state. And so I, you know, like you heard my mom saying briefly, it is a practice during the day that you do to perform these various actions to check if you're dreaming while you're awake because that's training your mind to then be able to check if you're dreaming while you're asleep and then you do and then you become lucid because a lot of times we'll be dreaming and the most fantastical things will be happening, but we'll just take it for granted. We'll be like, oh, if there's a pink elephant in the middle of the room. And only when we wake up do we realize, oh, wait a minute, that wasn't normal. I was dreaming. So you're, tra- you're training your mind to be constantly questioning what reality you're in and if you could be dreaming or not. So by taking on those practices of doing what's called a state check during the day, and that's a, it's an action you perform to check if you're asleep or awake. So one that people know a lot is flipping your hands back and forth. And if they stay the same, then you're awake. You know that it's ordinary reality. But if they change, if they turn into lobster claws or you grow an extra finger <laughs> or you have another hand on your hand, then you know without a doubt that you're dreaming. So what lucid dreamers do is they're during the day performing these state checks regularly and that is how anybody, and I really believe anybody, can attain lucid dreaming if they dedicate themselves to doing that regularly. And it might take a couple of weeks, it might take a month, it might take a year, but eventually you will become lucid. So I did that practice regularly, and I did start having really fantastic, amazing lucid dreams um, and really exploring both like more mundane aspects of lucid dreaming, like, oh, I would like to go get a cupcake now and fly into the atmosphere, you know. Those are kind of like cool beginning stages of what you can do with lucid dreaming up into more advanced ones, like with our cards, and they really outline a progression that you can take both from mundane to really beautiful transformative experiences in the lucid state. So a lot of the stories like you're talking about, the dream examples, which I felt were really important to put into the book because they ground the information in these tangible examples are from, all of them are from my own lucid dream experiences, and I've written down hundreds of lucid dreams cataloging all of my explorations in this realm of lucid dreaming and showing how those can be applied to the various teachings and how the various teachings illustrate what is possible within lucid dreaming. So that's a bit about when the choice to put in my own dreams as well and also just how I came to lucid dreaming and how it's been such an amazing practice for my own life. And the last thing I'll say on this topic is why we, you know, named it lucid dreaming, lucid living is because when you are having these transformative 
lucid dreaming experiences, it really does carry over into your waking reality as well. And just when you're connecting with the dream time in general and then experiencing, you know, even if it's not a lucid dream, experiencing more of a deep relationship with your dream time, your waking life becomes enriched by that. You get more confident. You feel like you're being guided. You're attuned to your psyche, to your subconscious. And so it's really powerful to be able to cross the lines of ordinary reality and the dream time and bring the city into all states. Yeah. Well, you know, I have often tried, you know, to, uh, to integrate lucid dreaming into my dreams. I'm one that keeps track of my dreams, and, and I will go through periods of, you know, dream recall more, you know, during certain periods and less during certain periods. And, and uh, I don't know if it's because I got your oracle and I've been going through and reading it, but the last couple of weeks has been a high point. You know, it's like I'm waking up with a lot more recall and and um, haven't quite gotten to the lucid part yet. But um, I like that um, – exercise of, you know, during living, you know, the waking state of of looking at whether or not, you know, that that state during that time period, whether it's a dream or not, because, you know, we do kind of fold in it on sometimes. And, but I like that because it seems then that that would um, strengthen the idea of the two states being very closely integrated in a way, you know, that so that when it came time for lucid dreaming, then it would be just, you know, again, uh, just uh, another example of, of questioning, you know, what state am I in, you know, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's so true. And, you know, like you're saying, it's, uh, it's important to practice the waking ones and we have a whole section of cards that's dedicated to teaching people about doing state checks and then how to stabilize this lucid dream once they become lucid too because those are kind of key elements of what it takes to achieve lucid dreams. But it's great to hear that you having the deck and starting to use it has started to bring about more, uh, you know, connection with your dream time already and you're really getting a richness out of that. So it's great feedback. Yeah, well, you know, uh, one of the things when I was reading the book on how to use the cards, um, it, it talked about, you know, basically kind of living with one, so to speak, you know, for a period of time, you know, having it near your bed and that kind of thing. So, um, Norma, can, can you um, tell us, you know, I mean, that that was one way that I read for uh, a way to use the deck. So can you maybe explain to us, you know, is, is that like the, the the way or or are there different ways of using the deck in teachings? <laughs> Thanks, Robert, for asking that. I'm glad you tried that technique of being with the card and having it on your bedside table or under your pillow as you go to sleep because we are definitely influenced by whatever we're thinking about before we go into the dream time. So you can actually set an intent based on what you saw in the card. 
that something will happen in your nighttime dreams that relates to that card. <clears throat> but there are many other ways to use the deck, too. We have, in the front of the book, there are several suggested readings uh, that you can use different card spreads. The uh, cards are divided into three sections. The sections that relate to what Nisha was talking about, all of the state checks. And then there's a section of cards that are related to the guides. And there's a section of the cards that are related to uh, states that you can experience in the lucid state. So you could do a reading with either one of those sections of the cards, depending on what you're working on improving in your lucid dreams. You can do readings that combine all of the cards. So in the front of the book, you'll find all these suggestions for different ways of using the cards. Nisha, would you like to add anything about that? Yeah, um, you did a great job covering it. And really, you know, the, just for those that are listening and haven't seen the deck yet, the way they're divided is that they have different colored backgrounds. So it's really easy to work with the deck as a separated one, having those three sections that Alam was just talking about, or then mixing the deck all together. And there's several readings that you can do with a mixed deck, too. And one that I really like and have actually been using myself a lot recently is um, a, deck, a, a spread to help you understand the dream that you've just woken up from. If you, you know, had a really powerful dream, if it was a bit cryptic, if you're wanting to get deeper messages or insight into what the overall theme and, you know, message of the dream you just had was, we have a spread specifically for that where you're pulling, it's with a separated deck and you're pulling a card that's giving insight into the dream itself and then what in ordinary or waking reality is influencing or related to that dream. So that's just one example of how, again, you can do this continued working with the various spreads. And, Robert, you know, you were saying earlier that you had phases of having, you know, more more dreams, more rich dreams. A lot of people have come to me saying, I had a lucid dream once, but then I fell off of it. I read a whole book about it, but then I kind of got out of the habit of doing state checks. And so the reason we decided to make this as an oracle deck is because it's a way that's less linear of working with lucid dreaming in the dream time than just reading a book because the dream time itself is very nonlinear. And so this is a fun and playful way to continually re-engage the learning about lucid dreaming as well as getting messages for your daily life. And so it's as simple as picking a card. Maybe you're wanting to, you know, get back into lucid dreaming or you're wanting to have your first lucid dream or you're just wanting to reconnect with your dream time but you don't know where to start. You can pull a card and see what that particular lesson is and really hone in on that. So that's a bit of why we put it in this format, too. Yeah, that's wonderful. I'm sorry, I was going to say, you know, that's wonderful. I've, um, with my recent dreams, they have been so crazy. <laughs> you know, it's like absolutely make no sense at all. But, but, um, so I think I'm going to start to employ that, um, you know, after the dream, um, spread, you know, to try and maybe get more insight because my, um, my old dream interpretation practices, you know, or even confusing me more. So, um, you know, that that's when something is important. So I'm sorry, Norma, you were going to say something? Well, 
I like what you're saying right there, Robert, because lots of people feel that way. They think, oh, my dreams are just full of things from my previous day, or it didn't make any sense. A lot of people feel that way, but I always tell people every single fragment that you can remember, it is something that your dream time is giving to you, even if it is just trying to make sense of the previous day. But as you pay attention to even the silliest or slightest fragments of memory of your dreams, they will make more and more sense. And so, really, it only takes usually about a week or so to have the dreams start becoming very meaningful. So I always encourage people to not discount anything, you know, but to pay attention to what comes up. Write it down, even if it seems nonsensical or silly, because as we pay attention to everything that comes out of our dream time, the dream time starts uh, seeing that we're honoring it and giving us more and more. I compare it to like little woodland animals that have to be coaxed out of the forest and mm-hmm. fed and, you know, growing the trust with them. And then they start to trust you and start giving, playing with you, giving you more and more. Yeah, and, feeling uh, safe. Right, feeling safe. Yeah, feeling safe, right, with you, <laughs> you know, trusting you that you value the dreams. Right. Yeah, very much. And, and um, now, the one I, I I decided to to do that living with one, you know, for kind of you know, to start with for a week, just to, mm-hmm. uh, because that was a, a a different process that I hadn't you know seen before. And um, so I went and rather than try and pick one out, you know, that I thought I would want to start with, maybe from the beginning, you know, one of those uh, lucid. Dreamy, dream journey cards, um, I just said, let me just randomly pick. And what I picked was uh, card number 33, Maintaining Consciousness. <laughs> and I just chuckled for that level. That what I was looking for. That's great to hear what cards you selected. Yeah, it's fun to, like, like you're saying, too, right, you don't have to start from the beginning, but to just let yourself be intuitively guided with what the message is for this moment. And I love that card, Maintaining Consciousness, because that is, I mean, it's actually a pretty advanced lucid dreaming practice itself, which is about crossing over from laying in bed being, you know, going to sleep, and then consciously maintaining awareness through the transition into the dream time. Um, So that's definitely one that, for some people, it can be, relatively easy for others it takes years of practice but it's a really really powerful experience when you do go from laying in your bed awake fully lucidly into the dream um and then the lucid living message too is just about like you were talking about but just being aware in your daily life you know we spend so much Starting to break up again. Yeah. Okay. We're losing you. <laughs> yeah, we're. <laughs> you know. Good thing. Good thing. Well, let me. Are you, let me go. Are you there, Nisha? Let me go. There you go. We have you there, normally. Okay. So, yeah, and, and, you know, when I read the description of that maintaining consciousness, you know, it was clear that this was kind of one of the more, you know, uh, advanced or more um, 
require more discipline than, you know, some of the others. I just, my, my first thought was, well, let me try for something easier. But I said, no, 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 you know, I take this and let me stick with it and, and work with it. So, so anyway, that's kind of, you know, the one that I'm working with. You know, for, for this prime week or two week period just to see, but, but it's not going to prevent me from, uh, using the post dream spread technique, you know, to, to kind of get some clarity. And, um, and, and I've noticed I have one of those, uh, smart, um, wrist things that lets me know when I'm in REM and restful and, and, you know, relaxing sleep. And, and it's real interesting to see how often that REM or the dream state is so often just prior to waking. And um, so um, it kind of makes it easier to recall, you know, recognize uh, what, what the dreams were. So, um, yes, yeah. that's important what you're saying there, Robert, uh, mm -hmm. just to highlight that for a moment. You know, you were just talking about the dreams are sometimes easier to recall right before waking. That's really true. Um, I tell people that as you're beginning to awaken in the morning, um, you shouldn't move. Our brains are comparable to an etch-a-sketch. Remember etch-a-sketches where if you, if you shake them, it erases everything. <laughs> so if you just lay very still and don't move your head, seriously, not even move your head from side to side, you'll still be partly in the previous state of consciousness and you can lean backwards into it instead of leaping forwards. So a lot of times we wake up and we leap out of bed to get the alarm clock or we grab our phone or we turn on the light. Don't move when you first wake up. Just lay there very still and lean backwards into the consciousness where you just were. And you'll be amazed at how much you can begin to recall. Just one image might come at first and you just dwell on that one thing that you remember and then that will help you to relax back into more and more of the memory of the state of consciousness that you were just in. So that's a very important point you were bringing up, Robert, about what you do when you first awaken. Yeah. And one of the one of the things uh, I also employ is that um, if I awake in the middle of the night or middle of the morning, um, <laughs> having just had a dream, um, I'll what I'll do is um, I'll just I have my you know phone nearby. Um, I just jot down you know just some keywords you know as to what oh, I was Try so that I, you know, I can still get back to sleep. But, but in the morning then, you know, it really helps me recall that, you know, middle of the sleep pattern dream that I may have had. So that's one that's, thing That's too. an excellent so. thing to do, just to jot down a few keywords or you could verbally record something too. And it's, it is amazing, isn't it, how, um, you might not have remembered anything if you didn't jot down those keywords, but then the keywords really do bring you into a fuller memory of the dream. And we're talking about dream recall right now because that's a very important precursor to any work with lucid dreaming. You have to be able to recall your regular dreams before you can adventure more fully into the lucid state. So, yes, 
dream recall is very important. One of our cards is, is all about that, about the dream dream recall card. <clears throat> Absolutely. Well, we are halfway through the show already. We're kind of zipping through. Um, we're going to take a quick break, um, and then when we come back, Nisha, I want to talk to you um, about, you know, in, in your book, uh, in the book, um, it talks about um, different ways one can interact with their dreams. So I kind of want to mm-hmm. go through that just so that the people can get an idea of possibility. Um, and then maybe if, you know, if you can t- talk to, I'll, I'll go through each one and if you can talk to, you know, a little bit more detail about it. And, and if also if you have any particular um, experience that would, you know, highlight that, then that would be great. Okay? Absolutely. Sounds good. Okay. Great. Everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows, along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,600 shows that we have had during the past 12 years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, nature photography, calendars, and 5x7 photo greeting cards. Our show is a free podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms on the top of our homepage. Our website, ByteRadio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us. Again, today, my special guests are Norma and Nisha Burton, and we're talking about their new uh, oracle called Lucid Dreaming, Lucid Living, Your Oracle and Guide to Mastering the Dreamscape. Um, Again, you can find out more about the oracle by visiting the website luciddreaminglucidliving.com. And okay, so with that, we're back, Norma and Nisa. Hello. Hi, Robert. Okay, so one of the things that I liked when I was going through and reading the book is that um, in that you explained different ways an individual can interact with their dreams. And I think, you know, this is, I want to cover, you know, each of them is so that the people listening can get an idea of just exactly the breadth of activity that they can, you know, employ um, with their dreams. So, um, Nisa, Nisa, since you have had, you know, much experience in the lucid dreaming area, we'll have you kind of talk to these. Now, the first one was you can exert some control over the elements in your in the dream. So, what, what does that mean? 
Yes, that is a great question. So when you become lucid in your dream, then being completely aware that you're dreaming, you're able to exert some control, like you just said. So whereas I don't say complete control, and some people will say that, I have found, and I've talked to other lucid dreamers too, that there is one of the cards we have even, it's called co-author. There's this other force that comes in and kind of meets you and shifts things back and forth. So an example of what you can do in a lucid dream, and I'll give a personal example from my own lucid dream. I became lucid in the dream, and I was outside, and I decided I want to change this scene from day into night. And so I looked up at the sky, and I moved my hands, and as I did, it was kind of like a time lapse of the sky changing over from the daytime into a night sky. And I was like, wow, that is so amazing. You know, I had this ability to change my dream environment. But then, and this is my example of how you don't have complete control, without me changing it back, the sky went back into the day. So there is, whether you want to look at it like our subconscious, our psyche, or, you know, our higher selves, another force meeting you in the dream time and in the lucid dream, there is this interplay and this interaction. But when you become lucid, you can exert control. You can go and, you know, summon a friend to come be with you in your lucid experience. You can go to a different environment. You can change your environment. You can change the dream situation. A lot of times for nightmares, it can be helpful, too. If you become lucid in a nightmare, then you can either have a strong boundary knowing you can't be hurt in the dream then if say a monster is chasing you you can turn and you can say no this isn't okay and you put a giant flaming ring around you the monster can't get through or you can say okay i'm going to face whatever this fear is and i'm going to turn and ask it what it wants i'm going to have a conversation because now i'm lucid i know i can't be hurt Or you can be like, you know, I don't want to deal with this right now. I'm just going to fly out of this dream. I'm going to leave it. So once you become lucid, you have such a high level of agency in your dream time, which is really powerful. Yeah, wonderful. Now, you mentioned friend, you know, and that was one of the the second, um, you know, way of possibly interacting was that you can summon objects or people. Um, Yes. Do... um, is there a um, kind of a, a filter or a, you know, because you mentioned like summoning friends. Now, yes. how, I mean, how does that work? Now, first of all, I mean, you hopefully you're going to be summoning friends that you want to talk to, <laughs> you know, or they want to talk to you, you know. Um, so tell, tell us a little bit about that idea of, the summoning, you know, and, and then like you mentioned, you know, with the um, elements, you know, sometimes you have you have control, but not full control. I mean, does that still follow through to the idea of summoning people? Yes, that is such a good question, and you're kind of hitting it right on the mark, which is, you know, you can, you can call friends, you can call historical figures, you can, you know, it doesn't have to be people you know, too. You can also, if you like to um, work with various, like, deities, gods and goddesses, uh, archetypes, you know, all of these 
various elements and, and people, characters are available to you in the dream time, like when you're just having a non-lucid dream and you can be sitting next to Albert Einstein, you know, and so you can really um, bring those various archetypes, energies, people to you in the lucid dream. And going back to the friend example, and I'll give another example from my own dream, I've had many dreams where I've either been with friends and become lucid or become lucid and been, been like, oh, I'd like this person to come with me on this adventure. Um, and then, like I was saying with the sky example, sometimes there is a little funny, mischievous co-authoring force in your dreams. So I've had it where I bring a friend over and I'm like, yay, I got this friend to come here now that I'm lucid. This is great. And then all of a sudden I look back at their face and it's somebody else. It's not that friend anymore. <laughs> so it can be shifting too. Um, but it's really fun to be able to interact with various people, both ones that you know and don't know in the lucid state. And that's definitely something you can experiment with once you become lucid. And like you said, too, you can bring objects, you can bring um, all sorts of things into the dream space once you become lucid. Yeah. Now, question. Have you ever had a lucid dream with, you know, meeting up with a friend in the dream and then following that dream, speak to that individual and see if maybe – you know, they had, you know, any uh, kind of experience uh, with you in it. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question, right? To be able to, like, within consensus reality, meaning that both of us are agreeing, hey, we had the same experience, to be able to test it that way. I, I've had, you know, many dreams, because I've been doing lucid dreaming a long time, where I've gone to visit friends, I've gone to, I've brought friends in. My mom, I've actually had many dreams where I've become lucid in the dream where she's there too. And I'm like, hey, we are lucid now. Like, do a state check. Become lucid with me. And then we will. Um, I haven't yet, like, gotten any uh, clear validation of the other person being like, yes, I remember that exact thing. However, I have had dreams where when in the morning I'm talking to my friend, I'm talking to my mom, whoever, and we've had the same dream. Even if it's not lucid, my mom and I have had dreams where we're describing what happened in it and we're like, oh. and then, then then that girl walks down the stairs when we're in the house, right? Remember that? So the shared dreaming phenomena is definitely one that exists and that I've experienced a lot firsthand. And I believe that, you know, once um, more and more community gets built around lucid dreaming and more and more people. We're planning on doing workshops. We're teaching online classes. So as we get more and more skilled lucid dreamers in our community, I definitely believe it's possible to be able to have shared lucid dreams too. Yeah, wonderful. And there's just a couple others I want to talk on. Um, one of them was calling out guides and allies to help solve problems. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and can you talk a little bit about, you know, particularly the guides? You know, to me, you know, I mean, I've gone through and looked on YouTube. And there's been many uh, uh, guided meditation to meet your, you know, your higher self or mm -hmm. meet your guides and that kind of thing. So it's a, I know that it's a, a, a common query that people may have. Yeah. So can you talk, talk a little bit about, you know, how Absolutely. lucid beings, can facilitate that. 
Yeah. I mean, what's beautiful about lucid dreaming, whereas guided meditations can be great for awakening the imaginal realms and for connecting with those things, when you're lucid dreaming, you are in the dream and you're fully aware and it feels as real as waking reality. It's visceral, it's mm-hmm. tangible, your senses are fully awakened. So you are completely present there. So whereas if you're imagining a guide coming to you, that can be great. And there is something to be said about the co-authoring imaginative force. It's not just you, right? But when you're in a lucid dream, you're physically seeing that guide in front of you. You are talking to them. You are coming into direct contact. Um, so an example for me is that I had this idea that I wanted to meet a guide that I had named as the mother of dreaming, you know, this mothering force exists in all of the universe, right, the generative force of creation and very much in the dream time. And so I set a really clear intention before going to bed that I wanted to, when I became lucid in my dream, encounter this guide. And I did. I I remembered that intention, which is a huge thing of carrying over the forgetful barrier of between waking reality and the dream time. A lot of times you can become lucid in a dream and be like, wait a minute, well, I knew I wanted to do something, but I can't remember what. Just it can be hard when you wake up to remember what the dream was. There is this little unbrain that exists between the, the various phases of consciousness. But when you're able to cross that over, carry your intention over, I became loose and I said, oh, yes, I wanted to find the mother of dreaming. And so I flew up out of my room and I saw this beautiful field and the statue of a woman that was made out of straw down there. And I was like, well, that's just a statue because that would be her. But as I flew closer, I felt this beautiful presence. And in my in my head, you know, it was like a communication. She started to speak to me and said to me that once, you know, I had con- connected with this energy in that dream space, was guide in that dream space, she'd also be available to me to connect with in waking reality. And that's an example of lucid dreaming into lucid living. Um, and also I want to hand it off to my mom. She does a lot of work with helping people through drumming state, trans, drumming trans uh, state journeys and connecting with their power animals, which is another form of a guide. Wow, wow. <laughs> Um, and, and, and one, one last one, Nisa, and then I want to uh, go to Norma to talk about the different types of perspectives of lucid dreaming. Um, one of them is that you can experience magical or otherworldly situations. So what would you, can you recount maybe one dream, one lucid dream that you would really put in that ma- magical or otherworldly kind of category? Yes, absolutely. And and can you hear me okay? Okay. Yes, I can. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Um, So, I I mean, there's, yeah, so many to pull from. So let me think of which one. Because really that is with lucid dreaming, you know, like I was saying earlier, you can start off in a stage. We have a card called Desire Fulfillment, which is a lot about just exploring and having fun with what you can do. Once you know that you're dreaming, then it's like, hey, for me, I can't eat wheat, so I can't have donuts, I can't have croissants. So there was a whole phase of lucid dreaming where I'm like, I want to go get a croissant. I'm lucid. I can eat this, you know. So there's very, like, simple, mundane, but very fulfilling because when, you, when you're doing it in the lucid state where it's so um, real, so visceral, and you can taste every taste, 
then I really got that desire fulfilled of having a donut. And waking reality, I wasn't sad I couldn't have donuts. So there's that level. But then at some point, it does, you know, you you do it. You 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 fulfilled those desires, and you want to move into more mystical, transformative experiences. Um, Tibetan dream yoga, which I've studied quite a bit, you know, it's about realizing the illusory nature of all of reality as a way of mm-hmm. attaining enlightenment, which is a huge, <laughs> huge mystical experience, right? Um, and one of the practices is understanding and coming into contact with the clear light of the mind, right? And so mm-hmm. when you're awake, you can meditate on that. But when you're dreaming and then when you're in a lucid dream, you can seek to have a direct experience of what clear light is like. So this is one example of a more transformative mystical experience that I had in a lucid dream where I was in my room and this was in a dream. I was sleeping, but I didn't know it yet. And then I had this thought, hmm, could I be dreaming? Because I've been training my mind, right, to constantly ask that question. I did a state check of looking at my hand, flipping it back and forth, and it was glowing blue. And I said, wait a minute, okay, this isn't my waking reality hand. I did another state check. Sometimes it's good to do two, right, if it's a more subtle one. And so I put my finger and I pushed it into the wall. And it was like it went through the wall. And I was like, okay, I am definitely dreaming And so then I remembered my intent, which was that for this lucid experience, I wanted to experience the clear light. And so I flew up, up, up out of my room, out of the ceiling, into the sky, and holding that clear intent, I want to find and experience the clear light. And I did. I flew into it. And this is where words become limited, right? Because to to speak of what that's like to be in the presence of the clear light of the mind is like they say, the Tao that can be spoken of is not the true Tao. And so it's it's really something you have to experience yourself. But it was so transformative to be in that space and to feel what that felt like in a firsthand way. And when I woke up, I was truly, you know, transformed. I was truly changed by having that firsthand experience. So that's an example of a more mythical, magical, transformative, transcendental, all of these things experience that you can have in lucid dreaming. No, it's wonderful. And yeah, there are many times I will awake from a dream having, having feeling in the dream and waking up and still having that feeling continue. So, um, you know, some of them were, were really pleasant, but, but, uh, but nonetheless, I mean, it, it really, for me, um, was an example of how we can carry our how our feelings in our dreams can be carried over you know in, into the waking state um so mm-hmm. now now norma um if you would I'm, in in the book it talks that there's really three different perspectives on lucid dreaming there's a spiritual a scientific and a psychological so can you kind of give us um, some insight on these different perspectives? I guess there are different facets of the idea of, of lucid dreaming. Thank you for asking about that. Well, uh, let's talk about the spiritual and psychological in comparison. Okay. Um, Transpersonal psychology has become popular in the last many years, right? So 
that's admitting mm-hmm. that psychology works, yes, um, exploring our own brains and our own emotional state. But then when you bring in the spiritual, you're bringing in our interaction with other dimensions, other beingness, other consciousness. So we are uh, built for that. We are beings that uh, all through the centuries, humans have known that we need to have access to altered states, to multidimensional awareness. So in ancient cultures and this is what I do with people too. Uh, the drum is used as a mechanism, a tool of bringing people into the alpha brainwave state so that we can uh, begin to pulsate in time with the beat. And these pulsations are roughly four beats per second and they take us into this deeper state of consciousness where we can then access a lucid experience. So. This shamanic journey uh, method is a way of also being in the lucid state. And in that state, we can be partly awake and then with one foot in the lucid realm. And we get uh, taught how to navigate in those realms. So this has been used all through different cultures and times as a method of uh, teaching humans how to interact with uh, other beings and other uh, realms uh, while we're in this in-between state. The, Celt- the Celts called it betwixt and between. Um, so mm-hmm. I, f- I find it very effective to use that in my counseling practice. So it gives people a direct experience of uh, contact with guides and with an inner guidance system that's more than our rational thinking about it. As Misha's talking about in the lucid dream state, it's an experience. So that's the same thing that happens in the drumming journey. We have a lucid experience that is memorable because all the senses are awakened. Uh, what else did you want to ask me about that? So, so no, yeah, no, that, that's great. No, and, and, you know, I know that when... Um, I was in college and took my psychology classes. We didn't have anything about, you know, uh, the, the spiritual aspect of, of dreams. I mean, it was very Jungian in, in, this, uh, in my, my training. Um, but they, they're also there, um, there is a, I guess, a scientific um, perspective of lucid dreaming. What, I mean, yes. what, what does yes. science well, teach us well, about that? Let me talk a little bit more about that. Yes, so the alpha brain state is associated with the general feeling of well-being and euphoria. And individuals who have a very high amplitude of alpha brain waves have been found to be able to experience more lucid dreams. So practicing the alpha state through the drumming journey will also enhance your ability to experience more lucid dreams. And people with lower than normal amounts of alpha or no alpha brain waves have much more mental stress than other people. So there's also a category of people who don't have any alpha waves and also have low amplitude brainwave activity across all bands. And so that's uh, in about 30% of the patients that I treat. So neurologically, we refer to these people as hypervigilant. And the definition of hypervigilance is someone who can't turn off his or her mental activity for any length of time. 
They they always are thinking about or focusing on something often that they are afraid of. So they tend not to be able to let go of emotional issues, but get rather obsessive relentlessly about them. So many with this brainwave pattern become alcoholics or highly addicted in a way that makes stopping drinking difficult for them. So it's very hard for them to relax and unwind. Therefore, they generally have a lot of sleep disorders as well. So anything that would increase their alpha waves is very beneficial to them. So the amount of alpha brain waves the patient has is, is an indicator of how well they're managing their own pain. So if they're not managing their pain well or are over-focused on it, then they lose alpha brain waves. On the other hand, if they have a good day, the alpha will pick back up. So isn't that interesting how the alpha state is very important to mental health? Yeah, it is. It is. And, and you know, I, I, I find, you know, the more, the more we learn about the science behind um, behind the brain, about <laughs> the science of what's kind of going on in the brain, you know, and it, to me it's just amazing how we are science, what science is, quote, discovering is really um, explaining what a lot of, you know, ancient mystical kinds of teachings yeah. um, purported. So, I mean, it was kind of like, you know, it was a mystical teaching, and now we're, you know, kind of catching up to the idea, you know, of the, quote, science behind, of, you know, why certain things are, uh, certain experiences are happening. Well, also, I'll just add really quick to, um, I was just going to say that for a while, for quite a while, scientifically, they didn't believe lucid dreaming was actually possible. And so then with researchers, dream researchers like uh, Stephen LaBerge and others doing in, in the lab studies with lucid dreamers, they were able to prove by having them signal from the lucid dream with their eye movements, you know, these pre-planned eye movements that they would do once they became lucid in the dream, monitoring their brains. They were able to prove, yes, lucid dreaming is possible, and then do other studies, too, about how you can increase a skill or cognitive ability or learn things while lucid dreaming. And so there's so much, and it's such an exciting time in lucid dreaming where it's accepted by the scientific community now and really looking at and understanding consciousness through studying lucid dreaming more and more too. Absolutely. Now, some people, I mean, you know, dream recall, like I mentioned for me, you know, there are periods my dream recall is, is less than other periods. Um, but also some people, I never dream, you know, which, you know, generally thinking they're, they're, they are, but the recall isn't quite there. Um, but also some people fear the dream time. So what, what would you say to someone who just is afraid of of their dreams or, or even remembering what their dreams are? You can say, start with Norma. Well, that's a good point because lots of people come to me in the beginning of their seeking counseling help and they have become afraid of their dreams because they have had a lot of nightmares. Well, the nightmares are still important because they're the unconscious speaking up about things that have been difficult or traumatizing and really do need attention. Uh, so we have to um, learn how to work with our fears in the nighttime so that it helps us to be healthier in the daytime. But 
we can turn toward them with uh, help from our inner guides. Um, for example, one man I worked with, he, he had this sense of being afraid to go down these stairs into a basement. So I worked with him in a counseling session in the lucid dream drumming state and then in his nighttime dreams to try to find out what was in the basement. And gradually he was able to go down more, closer and closer to it, and he'll, until he discovered a young boy in a jail cell that was very angry and hurt. And he needed to go there to find that young boy that was a part of himself. Right? So the dream was leading him to a place that he was very afraid of, but he was needing to go there for the soul retrieval of that part of himself. So the dreams that are scary are important, and we have to approach them carefully. Um, Nisha has so many good examples of having achieved that in her lucid dreams, that approaching of the things that are scary. Nisha, does an example come up for you to talk about? Yeah, definitely. You know, we have a card. We have several cards that speak to the fearful experiences of the dream time because that is a really common issue. Um, sleep paralysis can be a really scary experience for people, uh, having recurring nightmares. And then we have a card called Nightmare Rewrite, too, which is a whole technique that I developed with working with nightmares and lucid dreaming to be able to, you know, you have a nightmare, which is really terrifying, you wake up from it, and a lot of times your mind will keep replaying it. You're fixated on it. Mm -hmm. And because of mm -hmm. that, you know, it can be traumatizing, but you can use that fixation to be able to use it to go back into the dream, back into the nightmare, but this time with lucidity and actually rewrite the nightmarish experience. Um, so I'll give just a short example of one of my nightmare dreams and how I was able to rewrite it. But I was um, in the – I'll tell the nightmare first, which was I was kind of watching this movie about this couple who had gotten kidnapped by this bad guy, and he was hurting them, and it was really scary. So I woke up from that, and I was like, oh, I did not like that dream at all. <laughs> and my mind would just be playing it over and over and over again. And so I said, okay, I'm going to use the nightmare rewrite technique. And so what you do with that is you go, you close your eyes, and you just start first imagining the dream. You go back to the point that was the most scary for you. So it was a moment when he was, you know, like torturing the one dude, and I won't get too into it, but it was just really scary. And you call upon your guides or your higher self or whatever you feel like would be an ally for you to come be with you in that nightmarish situation. So I called upon my guide, and I was able to feel their presence there supporting me. And then you change the situation by seeing beyond, because you're knowing it's a dream now, right? You're lucid. And you'll actually kind of re-enter the dream completely with lucidity when you do this. Then you say, okay, I'm not afraid anymore because I know this is all my dream material. So let me see beyond it. Let me, let me rework it. And so at first I went to the bad guy character and I was able to transform them by peeling away the layer, the outer layer of what their appearance was and seeing it was just a small, you know, um, upset child, like this smaller character making it not so big, but just the smaller wounded part, right? 
And then I went to the characters that were being hurt, and I was able to heal their wounds, infuse them with blue light, and help them to feel whole again. And then the whole situation shifted and transformed, and the fear and the uh, terror that was contained within that dream, within that situation, was diffused. And it's about bringing it into this non-dualistic space. But it's not about saying, oh, bad things don't exist. Oh, bad things didn't happen to me or to other people. No, it's not about that. It's not a bypassing. It's really just using the dream material, like my mom gave in her example, too, to get to the deeper feelings and issues contained within it and healing and transforming those. Wow, that's great. Well, well, both of you, I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and, you know, it's gotten, given me a lot to think about and hopefully our listeners as well. Um, I, I did note, um, do note on your website, which is lucid dreaming, lucidliving.com that, uh, you have a, a link where people want to sign up or be on the wait list. For the master class, that they can go ahead and do that, yeah. but also they can contact you through there on the contact us link, correct? Yes, and there's also a link to the Oracle deck there, but you can find it where books are sold online, on Amazon, um, in bookstores, on Barnes and Noble. So it, the website is a great place to find all of our resources. We also have a very active Instagram page, which is the same name, Lucid Dreaming, Lucid Living. Um, and that's where we post regular content about dreaming in the dream time. But everything can be found on our website, luciddreamingluciddreaming.com. Well, great. Well, I'll make sure to connect with you on Instagram uh, and so that I can follow yes. you. And um, I look you forward know. to that. So, well, thank you very much for your time. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks, Thanks for your great Thank questions. you so much. It was you're, really you're fun welcome. to talk with you. Great, thank you. Again, everyone, today, today, my special guests have been Norma and Nisha Burton, and we've been talking about their new oracle deck called Lucid Dreaming, Lucid Living, Your Oracle and Guide to Mastering the Dreamscape. And again, you can find out more about that um, by visiting the website, luciddreaminglucidliving.com. So everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again, 